Greetings Rebel fans, my name is Jason Kelly, and it is an honor today to bring you the Let's Run podcast. On today's show, we have a very special guest, my best friend and Rebel fanatic, Kevin Paul, will be joining the show. We're going to be recapping UNLV football, their great win over the University of Wyoming, and also talking a bit about the UNLV men's basketball program and their bounce back win against Stetson. We got a great show ahead of you, and I'm excited to have my first ever guest on. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. So, I am honored to be joined by my best friend and UNLV diehard. Uh, his name is Kevin Paul. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, man, it's a really, really, really exciting weekend, and uh, it's probably the best weekend in UNLV football history by a pretty wide margin. Uh, and this game coming up, we got against Air Force uh, next week, I think will be the biggest game that this program has ever had. So a lot of really good energy going on around the UNLV football team. So let's jump huge, into- Huge, game. Yeah, huge. Um, so let's jump into the Wyoming Cowboys game today. They just played Wyoming last week. Um, and Wyoming was a pretty good team. They came into the game six and three. Uh, the Rebels were led by their star freshman quarterback, Jaden Maeva. Uh, he threw 17 to 24, 232 yards. That was an average of 9.7 yards uh, per completion. One touchdown, no interceptions, with a pretty good QBR. His top receiver, as usual, is Ricky White, who has found himself on some really awesome national receiver, national receiver of the year lists. Um, really proud of him. The the program is he, he's he's just it's mind boggling how efficient and good he's been this year after kind of a rough early start. So he had 144 yards with eight receptions uh, for an average of 18 yards per reception with a 56 yard completion where he, and he had been mentioning this in the media. Um, he was trying to work his focus on uh, yards after completion and he ripped a yard, he ripped a catch and ran it for like 20 yards. So that was pretty remarkable. Uh, I really like K Kaleo Balungai. He's the young uh, freshman tight end that, uh, uh, Jaden Maeva has found a lot of success throwing to. He got his first ever career touchdown. The UNLV defense uh, was led by Jackson Woodard, as usual. He's been a revelation. He was uh, one of Coach Odom's guys that he brought over from Arkansas, and he's been a revelation this year. Uh, one, he had over, he had a tackle for loss. He had eleven solo tackles. Um, really, really, really impressive performance. The UNLV defense was pretty stingy. And ended up holding the Wyoming Cowboys to 14 points. Uh, lastly, to go over uh, the UNLV rushing attack, uh, Jaden Thomas, Vincent Davis, Donovan Lester, and Courtney Reese. It's like a four-headed monster under uh, Coach uh, Marion's go-go uh, uh, offense. They all get consistent carries. They all run for, you know, every time they touch the ball, they're getting four or five yards at least. Um, and uh, Jet Thomas got the lone uh, rushing touchdown for the day. So it was a really good performance. Uh, I was really proud of the team. Kevin, what were some of the takeaways you had from that win? Well, the offense, I mean, and you've seen this in every game. I mean, they're just not really predictable like in years past. I mean, Mayava has just been awesome for the team. I'm so glad that, you know, throughout the whole season, Coach Odom has stuck with Mayava instead of going back to Brumfield, if that was possible at any time. But one thing, and I think other UNLV fans will have kind of noticed this as well, is like the defense is so much better this year. And usually mm -hmm. against a good quarterback, 
I mean, we would just get torched. But you look at the stats here. I mean, he only passed for not even 200 yards and barely yeah. over 50%. We got an interception off of him. I mean, the defense just looks so much better and we'll bend a little bit, but we don't break. I mean, second half defense was incredible. So a lot mm -hmm. of good things to see here against a good team. Yeah, and something I really loved was the interception right before the half. Uh, that was just a heck of a play. Uh, really, I, I think that if UNLV, I think it was Cameron Jenkins who got the interception, was it? Well, who was it? Cameron Oliver. Sorry, Cameron Oliver. Um, and I think, I think, uh, he intercepted Andrew Peasley right on the goal line. Uh, the Cowboys were just about to tie up the game before the half. And I really think that getting that interception stifled the Cowboys, uh, momentum and really made it so that the rebels were pretty comfortable the whole rest of the game. I, I was, I was really blown away by their effort. And I agree with you, you know, in, in teams past, uh, the UNLV defense has always been, you know, <laughs> getting bludgeoned, but basically the whole year. Uh, they still, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you ever notice how they get beat over the top uh, pretty consistently? I feel like you can throw long against this team. Have you noticed that? They can. Also, I've noticed uh, when you're going up against the mobile quarterback, uh, Wyoming's quarterback, he's like, he was able to run quite a bit. I mean, he had 70 yards off of us. And I, I think one of the big problems was we were doing so well in coverage that the breakdown would happen, you know, where the quarterback could run free. But luckily it wasn't a problem, you know, and, and we could cover well enough to get to him to, before he made a big play. Yeah. I think he ran for like, I, I don't know how many quite, Oh, he ran for a 69 yards. Se yeah. 70 yards on 14 carries. 70 yards. That's nuts. I mean, but at the same time, UNLV's defense, sure. We leaked a little bit, but we didn't break. They didn't break through. Uh, I know that a lot of Wyoming fans are pretty frustrated with their coach, Craig Bull. But that's a solid program, and to beat them, I'm pretty sure we lost to them 45-14, something like that, last year at home. And just the one-year turnaround for Coach Odom has just been remarkable. I agree. Uh, big thing here, I mean, Rebel fans, we're, we're tied for first place in the conference in football mm -hmm. 10 games into the season. And, I mean, just to put it in perspective for what Coach Odom is doing, I mean, he's won more games this year than Marcus Arroyo did in three years combined. Wait, is, is that true? I'm pretty sure that's true. I just... So Arroyo won five, and then I think he won two. Five, two, and, and zero. Five, two, and zero. Yeah, he has won more games than Very Marcus Marcus Arroyo. wins. <laughs> and the season's not even over. No. Just to put I, it in perspective. I, yeah, I... Um, and I wrote about this on my uh, sub stack, which, you know, if you're not subscribed to yet, I'd, I'd appreciate you hitting me with a sub. It's free. I'm never going to charge anything for it. Uh, it's just a labor of love. I wrote about this. I genuinely believe, and you can put my, you can put my name to it. I genuinely think we're going to win out. I think UNLV football will beat Air Force next week in convincing fashion. And then I think they're going to win a close game versus San Jose State. And I can't believe that I'm saying that, but when I watch this team, they're not perfect. They make mistakes. We saw them kind of give that game away to Fresno, but I really genuinely believe that this, this rebel football team is going to win out and become mountain West champions. If you would have told me that the UNLV football program would win the mountain West before the basketball program, uh, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I would have believed you, but when you get it, when you make a good hire as you know, Eric Harper has shown, when you make a good hire, it, it can really turn it around. How's your confidence coming going into the Air Force game next week, Kevin? 
I mean, it, it's a huge game and Air Force has always had our number, but I, I think luckily as a kind of a side product of this go-go offense, you've seen little specks of the triple option, not to the extent that Air Force runs, but UNLV's offense has incorporated some triple option when they get down kind of, you know, right by the by the end zone. And that's something yeah. that UNLV's defense will have seen. And I mean, it's no, it's, it's no question that Air Force is going to run this triple option, um, you know, against, but it, it's, it's a great opportunity. Uh, we'll just have to see if we can limit the turnovers and if we can get off the field on defense. I mean, if, if the defense keeps playing well, you know, how they have been doing this season, we got to get off the field and let Mayava run the offense. Yeah. I, I really think that, um, stopping the air force triple option if we can stop them they are not going to be able to score against us if we can stop the run they're not going to be able to score um i you, we saw that in their game against hawaii they were struggling to you know hawaii was selling out to stop the run and i'm pretty sure that you know coach odom will watch that film and probably implement the same strategy i mean you look around the mountain west boise state just fired their coach um and San Diego State's in complete shambles. And the Rebels, man, we're on top. So I would just say to the UNLV football program, uh, this is your chance. This is your chance at glory. Don't wait till next year. You've got an amazing wide receiver. You've got all the pieces. Go get it done. And I have all the confidence in the world that they're going to do that. All right. So let's talk about UNLV basketball. Now, Kevin and I, we have been massive, you know, UNLV fans basically our whole lives. So we're hoops junkies. Talking, talking all this football has been a little weird for us, but, you know, uh, we, love, we love the Running Rebels basketball team. And uh, after our opening night loss to Southern, I don't know if you had a chance to hear my podcast after that, but I was in a dark place. I uh, was not, not in a good mood. And I knew that this game against Stetson, the second game of the year, against a team uh, ranked considerably higher than the Southern team we lost to, I knew that it was going to be telling uh, for the UNLV basketball program to kind of see where we are. Uh, so let's kind of go over those stats a little bit. Um, oh, let me see. I know the Rebels were led by Jalen Hill. He had a really, really, really great game. I was, I was really happy with his, with his effort. Uh, 13 rebounds, uh, 14 points. Uh, I thought he had 16 points, but I guess maybe he had 14 points. Uh, Isaiah Cottrell had four points. Uh, not as good of a game for him as the first game, but he did have five rebounds, so I like seeing a little bit more on the boards for him. Uh, Deedon Thomas had four really spectacular points right at the beginning of the game, uh, but he didn't really score the rest of the game. He had a couple of threes. I must say I'm still concerned about his ability to get to the rim uh, and not having a guard on the team that can get to the rim. But uh, no turnovers for him. After that disastrous first half against Southern, he really seemed to kind of steady himself. Um, so I was really pleased with his effort. I don't really care about him scoring that much. I just want him to be a great floor general, which I think he has all the talent in the world to do. Uh, Luis Rodriguez, I think, did like, you know, seven or eight lines of crack before this game because he was shooting. <laughs> he was just pulling from three like you wouldn't believe. Um, he was going nuts. <laughs> Like I could, some of these shots he was taking, he banked in two threes in a row. And I was like, yo, dude, take a chill pill. But uh, he had 15 points, a uh, few assists and uh, nine rebounds. Good to see him uh, getting on the boards as well. Uh, Justin Webster had a, he had an okay game. 
he had a few threes that went down. Uh, some good, some good scoring. Uh, there's still a bit of, I'm still a bit worried that last season's super hot shooting by Justin Webster may have been a bit of an outlier, but it was good to see him hit a few threes. Uh, if this team wants to do anything, I think they're going to have to rely on, on some of Webster's scoring. Um, and yeah, that's basically the highlights. There were a few other contributors, but uh, I was really proud of the Rebels today. Uh, on Saturday, and uh, obviously very honored to have uh, Anderson Hunt's jersey retirement. So, Kevin, what were some of the uh, takeaways that you saw from the game? I mean, it was a night and day difference in, in overall performance. Uh, I really appreciated right at the beginning. I, I believe it was you know the first or second possession. Jalen Hill got the ball, put his back to the basket. I mean, he was much bigger. I mean, all of our players were much bigger than you know, these uh, Stetson defenders and just backing him down and going straight into the post. I mean, we, we did a much better job at slashing, attacking the rim, drawing more fouls, mm-hmm. less bad shooting and less relying on the three for the most part. And I really like the fact that Kevin Kruger coached more. I, I feel like there were parts in the Southern game where he just kind of stood there you know, things were going bad and he just stood there, but you, you could tell this time he was animated on the sideline coaching the whole time, you know, he was going, getting up and down the court, watching the players, giving them pointers, calling out plays. It it seemed like a much better coach performance as well, which I think led to better player performance. Yeah. I, uh, I was at the game on Wednesday. I was not at the game on Saturday, uh, but I was watching. Um, and I really noticed in that first game that Kevin looked a little, he looked a little timid, um, almost like he had thought that this game was going to be almost, almost like he thought this game was that, that game against Southern was going to be kind of like a scrimmage, you know, that the rebels maybe would struggle a little bit that were, but that were ultimately going to prevail. And he and the entire team just seemed completely caught off guard you can tell that they came into this game against Stetson uh, with a lot more focus and a lot more drive and energy. And I was pleased with the effort. That's definite. Um, But, you know, when you have a quad four home loss, you got to beat a good team to really, you know, kind of assuage all the doubts that people are having. Uh, So this, this game is good. And I'm obviously this, it's, it's much better to have won this game comfortably than, uh, than have lost it or even had a close game, but I'm still very concerned with the rebels. Again, my biggest issues, uh, with this rebels team is uh, dribble penetration. Uh, I worry about our guys beating guys off the bounce and getting to the rim. Um, I find that, uh, DJ Thomas is, is pretty small. And um, while he can get around guys, people can often use their length to kind of disrupt his shots. Um, and I'm hoping that having guys back like Shane Noel um, is going to help that because that'll allow a little, a little bit more size on the perimeter. Um, but yeah, and lastly, it's, it's pretty important to mention that this was our first game of Caleb Boone. What, what did you think of Caleb's performance? It seemed like he was a little rusty. Uh, to start but as the game wore on he felt a little bit more comfortable in the post defensively I think his presence was felt very quickly he had a couple of blocks um, bringing good energy also just kind of his style on the court his personality on the court was very apparent I know I know he got a technical foul after blocking one of the shots but at the same time that's what this rebel team needs especially after 
you know, that dismal performance against Southern, just someone who wants to come out, loves to play. Um, it, it seemed like he didn't feel as much pressure to perform. And, and I think that helped him play pretty well, especially once he kind of got settled into the game. Yeah. Well, you think about his experience. I mean, he was a three-year starter, three-year player at you know Oklahoma State. Um, and he definitely has seen his fair share of college basketball. And he has some, I, I could tell that he had confidence in his game. He, when he went into the, when he went into the game, I never felt like he felt overwhelmed, which is something that I can't say about, you know, guys like Rob Whaley or even Isaiah Cottrell um, and DJ Thomas. Uh, having that experience um, is, is just vital, which is why getting his twin brother back, Keelan Boone, I think is going to be, uh, even if it's just for the conference play, I think that's going to be, you know, if this team wants to compete in the Mountain West, they're not going to do it without Keelan Boone. I maybe thought there was an outside chance that this team could be good enough that uh, Keelan Boone wouldn't be necessary uh, to win the Mountain West, but or even compete in the Mountain West. But I kind of think that this team uh, needs Keelan Boone. I agree. Uh, you know, watching the game as well, I, I, I know we won by 16 points and the defense played well. I mean, Stetson missed a lot of shots. I mean, and a lot of them were not covered. Um I think we've struggled in the pick and roll defense a couple times. I've seen, you know, Isaiah Cottrell is just on an Island. Um, you know, a lot of guys left open on the pick and not even rolling to the basket, but when they kind of just fade out to the three, a lot of open threes that luckily Stetson missed. Um, the defense has got to get a little bit better, but the intensity is there. The intensity is there, which is good when we're on our assignments. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very worried about – I'm still not quite – obviously, it was a much better defensive effort by the Rebels, but I'm still kind of worried about the type of defensive coverage that we run. Uh, I don't know whether we're hedging, whether we're icing. It seems like Coach Kruger is um, not doing, you know, the sole perimeter switching strategy that he employed last year, and he's kind of trying to mix it up depending on personnel, which I think is smart. But I feel like the players, especially if you're going to come up and double – the ball handler on a screen, the player that's tagging the roll man or essentially going down and guarding the person rolling to the basket has to be able to guard him. And often that has been DJ Thomas. And DJ Thomas is a 6'1", 175, 80-pound, you know, 18-year-old. And so I worry about our pick-and-roll defense a little bit. But again, um, this was a building block for sure. Uh, the Rebels have – I wouldn't say they've righted the ship completely by any means, but uh, if they – have a great performance against Pepperdine and then go out and play uh, Florida state. Well, beating them. I do think that at that point, this, that opening loss against Southern uh, could be kind of in the rear view mirror. I, I think the, the team offense needs to be so much better this year because there's not a player that you can rely on game in and game out. Like, you know, you've had Bryce Hamilton to save you a couple of years ago, EJ Harkless last year. Who knows who it's going to be this year? I, I really feel like Luis Rodriguez could be that kind of go-to guy. But, I mean, he and Justin Webster, I think there's a lot of bad habits there that have carried over from previous seasons where, um, you know, early threes, the early threes um, in the shot clock that were taken by the Rebels were taken by Webster and Rodriguez this last game. And it, it really hurt the team offense. And I, I think Rodriguez, if, if he would attack the basket more, I mean, he, he's so quick. He's so powerful when he goes to the rim. 
and he's long and lanky to where he could get, and he was getting fouled. If he wasn't making the, the layups, he was getting fouled. And I think he really could be that go-to score. Not, not, of course, not to the same effect as Harkless, which I think it's better for the team if we're not relying on just one player. And I don't think Deedon Thomas Jr. should be who we're hoping to lead the offense in scoring. I mean, I thought he did a great job passing nine nine assists, zero turnovers. I think that's exactly what we should be hoping from Deedon Thomas Jr. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more. I, I really think this is a year, you know, maybe, and hopefully DJ stays around, you know, DJ Thomas stays around for a few years. But this first year, I'm really just looking for a steady floor general, which is not something we've had in the past. You know, EJ Harkless and Bryce Hamilton, to all, and, and they, they carried our teams, but they were not point guards. Um, and so having a true point guard, I think, can really, really, really uh, steady out the program. And, you know, with his roots, with his father being a UNLV Rebel, I'm really hoping that DJ can stick around for a few years. And this first year can be not as much of a scoring season, but more a floor general and a, you know, a game controller and uh, a steady presence. I think that's all he has to be this year. I agree. And, and I think it was apparent in this game because UNLV only turned the ball over five times. And that's got to be a product of Thomas. Um, and, and you could see during the game, he was not afraid to go and get the ball, reset the offense. He would push the ball up. And when he saw that nothing was there, he'd then bring it back, signal play call in and start running the offense. He was never in a hurry. Um, he did have one quick pull up three early in the shot clock. Uh, but the game was so far gone that, you know, maybe he was just trying his luck there. But, um, you know, in the more critical moments of the game, he did a really good job at managing the offense with calm. And and it, it was very, very good to see because, like you said, we haven't had a true point guard in so many years. And, and that's definitely hurt us in the past. Most definitely. So looking ahead to the uh, Running Rebels schedule, our next game is a tricky road game um, at Pepperdine. Pepperdine is a it's a small gym. I, I've been in that gym before. It's not big. It's, there's not a lot of people that go to these games. And it, I am a little worried that the Rebels are, you know, going to come out flat in that game. But it being a road game, if, if they can win that game and then, you know, go down to Florida and beat Florida State, if, if, they, can, if they can win the next three games – Pepperdine, and then the two Florida games. I really do think that this season could be on the right track. So uh, how do you envision these three games going? Pepperdine, Florida State, and then they are either going to play Colorado or Richmond. How how do you see these games going? I I think Pepperdine's tricky because they'll have so much more experience this season. Um, They've already played three games. They're playing one tomorrow night. Um, You know, they're going to have more games on the schedule already than we will have had. This is our first true road game. This is our first road game at all um, for the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how we react um, in a, you know, on the road in a small gym. I, I, I'm really hopeful that we could um, get out of there alive. I, I'd be, um, I'd be surprised if it was not a close game. I feel like this one's going to come down to the wire and it's really going to depend on how well we manage the offense again, as far as the turnovers go. Um, Shooting's been spotty. I mean, against Stetson, we only shot like 40% from the field, but we scored 70 points off of that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the offense does. Now against some of these higher caliber teams at the Sunshine Slam, um, I I don't think we've performed 
too well historically in some of these kind of tournaments that we go to. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how well we do, especially going back East time change that you have to worry about playing games back to back. Um, again, it's really going to just depend on how well we manage the ball. Uh, you can't get into a hole, um, a deep hole very quickly, which is something that has happened in the past. And then we get too reliant on, on shooting the three, which we haven't had success. Uh, Justin Webster has really had an off year compared to the last one. And we, so we just can't get into that early hole, which is something that is, is a problem. I think in these last couple of rebel teams. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that this game against Pepperdine is going to be pretty telling even more telling than the Stetson game was. Uh, if I had to predict, I think the Rebels go in, uh, go over to beautiful Pepperdine, California, uh, and get a close win. I, I feel pretty confident, actually. Um, as for the Florida State and the Colorado slash Richmond game, I think we're going to go one and one in that tournament. Uh, Florida State is not a world beater this year. Uh, their roster is is up and down for sure. They didn't have a great year last year. But I don't see us going to Florida and winning both games against, you know, power five competition. But I do see the Rebels uh, not going winless there. Um, and so that would put us at, you know, three and two uh, heading into the, the brutal uh, mid-November, you know, late, late November to uh, mid-December stretch. You know, when you got teams like Akron, Dayton, Creighton, St. Mary's. And three and two, honestly, uh, for considering how bad that Southern loss was, that won't be a death sentence for this team. You know, if they win all three of them and they, and they get up to four and one, uh, there's going to be some hype around the team again. And hopefully uh, if, if that happens, it could really feel like the season has turned a corner. But my prediction so far is three and two. Uh, you have any other thoughts on that? No, I, I'd say that's fair. It, it's going to be a great um, opportunity to see just how much this team has grown since the first game, um, especially going out of the Thomas and Mac. That's something that, we really don't do much. I mean, we usually have a very home heavy schedule in the non-conference. So this is, this is very good for us, especially um, I think it could pay dividends for when we get into Mountain West play, just being used to playing on the road um, in these different environments. But like I said before, we, we just got to avoid the early hole and then we become way too reliant on threes, which we've just struggled and struggled to shoot can't rely on Jackie Johnson to magically come in like he did against Stetson and just put up a, a crazy, you know, stat line and just out of nowhere. Um, you know, that's not going to happen yeah. every game. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel pretty good about this team. Uh, one last question for you, Kevin, what does Kevin Krueger have to do? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of heat on him. His seat's a little warm. I think I said that his seat was engulfed in dark black flames after that Southern loss. What does Kevin Krueger have to do? to have a uh, good job security this year. He's got to make some sort of postseason, and, and it can't be something that's less than the, than the NIT. I, I think it's got to be at least the NIT. And on top of that, I think he has to make a better showing in the Mountain West tournament than, you know, in the past. I mean, you look back, we haven't won the Mountain West tournament since 2008. And yeah, that was against BYU against BYU. And yeah, so I, I mean, it's been too long. It's in our own building and, and it's a little different just because, you know, it's not like we're always in our same locker room and the layout of 
of the TNM is different at the at the tournament, but it's just got to be better. We've got to have better postseason performance. And I, I looked it up since the last time we made the tournament in 2013, the Rebels are only three games over 500 in Mountain West play. And Oof, that's brutal. It's brutal. And, you know, other teams have been able to adapt in Mountain West, San Diego State. I mean, they're just a machine year in and year out. New Mexico has been able to kind of come out of um, a few, you know, dog day years. And so it, it's it's time for UNLV to get past that. And um, they, they just got to be, they, they've just got to have better uh, postseason success. I think that's going to keep Kruger's job. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think he's got to finish, you know, top five in the conference. He can't finish sixth or lower. So anyway, I want to thank uh, my friend Kevin for coming on the podcast. Uh, and yeah, man, thanks. Hopefully you can come on again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love it. Anytime. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. All right, Rebel fans. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, we got a big week ahead of us, a big game against Pepperdine on the road for the UNLV basketball team. And, of course, on Saturday, the Rebels are playing Air Force, biggest game in history. So make sure you're checking that one out. I want to have a shout-out for my friend Kevin for jumping on the podcast with me. Uh, he's really great. I expect him to be on again soon in the near future. And I hope you all have a wonderful night, uh, day, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And I hope you spend lots of time with the people you love. Talk to you again soon. Let's run.